morning and welcome to Christ Community Chapel. Really glad you're here. Welcome those of you over in East Hall. Uh, this is a really uh, special weekend here at the Hudson campus and it's a different kind of service and you can tell that because I'm up here speaking so early. So if you're coming in you can just find a place and if you see somebody trying to find a place uh, please let them sit next to you over in East Hall as well. All right, one of the ways that this is a different service is that we're not going to uh, pass the plates for an offering. So if you came prepared to give, you can uh, drop your gift in one of the boxes in the back or in the atrium. Uh, those are our offering boxes today. All right. All right. We have a theme for this year, and our theme is transformed in 2018. And the idea, the hope, the prayer is that we will be different in December than we are right now. And of course, the question is, how? This is the third message of a three-part series we're calling simply Transformed 101. Kind of going back to the basics, back to the fundamentals. This is what we know. That in the first century, something happened that was so powerful, it's like it lit a fuse that spread like lightning across the Roman Empire and across the known world. And it was passed from person to person to person. And each one of those people became so radically changed that when enough of them were changed, the whole region began to shift the way it talked, the way it acted, the way it loved, and the way they lived. And I want to go to where in Scripture that fuse was lit. And it's in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. I'm going to read just a short passage verses 37 through 41. This happened about uh, 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Peter, one of the disciples, uh, preaches the first Christian uh, sermon. He tells a whole crowd of people who Jesus was, what Jesus did, why Jesus did it, and what it could mean to them. And this is their response, beginning at verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is God's word. That's when Christianity began, and that's when the fuse was lit that would later end up transforming the Roman Empire. And that last verse, there's part of that last verse that makes sense to me and part of it that surprises me. In verse 41, it says, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. I get that they received Peter's word. That means they understood what, Je what Peter was saying about who Jesus was and um, what Jesus had done and why he had done it and what it might mean to them. But then they baptized 3,000 people. And the question is, why take that time? I mean, I never really thought how much time it took. I don't know if you have. But if it took an average of two minutes to baptize each one of those 3,000 people, which would be pretty quick, by the way, 
uh, two minutes to find out if they understood who Jesus was, what he had done, why he had done it, what it meant to them. Walk them out into a lake or a river. Dunk them, have them come back up and walk back to shore. If that only took two minutes for 3,000 people, that's 6,000 minutes, that's 100 man hours. That means if every one of the disciples, all 12 of the disciples were baptizing someone every two minutes, all 12 of them, it would still take eight hours and 20 minutes to baptize 3,000 people. Why'd they do it? And why'd they go through the trouble? Because this is the first century. They didn't have a change of clothes with them. They didn't have a backpack or a duffel bag. They didn't have washers and dryers. That means they, they went in, got wet, came back out, stood there on the shore, watched all their friends get baptized, and they walked back to their homes sopping wet, and people watched them walk down the street like this, going, what happened to you? Why did you do that? Right? But that's what lit the fuse that created such a radical change in those people that they ended up changing the world. And if that's the way the fuse was lit then, that's probably the way the fuse will be lit now. So I have three points in answer to the question, what happened? Number one, something happened on the inside of those people. Number two, something happened on the outside. And then question number three, is are you sure that both somethings have happened to you? Have both somethings happened to you? First, something happened on the inside. That's what it says in verse 37 and 38. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In those two verses... It says that four things happened on the inside of those people. They were cut to the heart, they repented, they were forgiven, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me go through each one of those. First, they were cut to the heart. Another biblical word for that is they were convicted. Being convicted means that you finally see yourself the way you are, not the way you feel like you are. Right? It's like if you have a great night's sleep and you wake up in the morning and you feel fabulous. And then you look in the mirror and your hair's going every which way and one of your eyes is kind of swollen and you got a crease in your face and you're going, whoa, I didn't realize I looked like that. I, fe I felt much better. Every person, before they are convicted, before they're cut to the heart, is like that spiritually. That's why the vast majority of people, when you ask them, if there is a heaven, why should God let you in? They say... I'm a pretty good person. And what they're saying is, I feel good. I feel good. Conviction happens when you look at yourself, into it, when, when you see yourself through the holiness of God, and the holiness of God acts like a mirror where you finally see your own brokenness, your weakness, your sinfulness. And when that happens, you are cut to the heart. And that's the first thing that happened to this group of people on the inside. The second thing was that they repented. They cried out and said, what shall we do? Peter said, repent, repent. Uh, repent, uh, repenting is the correct response to sin. I mean, there are a lot of incorrect responses to sin. You can say, it's not my fault. I didn't mean to. I'm not that bad. You did something first. I was born like this. There's a, the list for incorrect responses to sin is long. The list of correct responses to sin is very short. 
It's just one thing, repentance. And repentance is this. It's me. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. It's me. I'm guilty. And I'm sorry. The second thing that happened on the inside of these people is that they were willing to repent to God. They went to God and said, it's me. I'm guilty. And I'm sorry. The third thing that happened on the inside was the the forgiveness of sins based on what Jesus Christ did for them. Now, that's important because a lot of people don't understand that forgiveness is a a zero-sum kind of game. When someone is forgiven, that means you don't, that someone doesn't pay, but someone else has to. It's always like that. Forgiveness is always like that. Someone pays. For instance, um, my car is parked out there in the parking lot. I'm not going to tell you where. But let's say on the way out, you clip it and you, you dent my car. And I go out there and you're standing there and I say, what happened? And you say, it's me. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. See, you confessed the right way. Um, and I say, that's okay. You're forgiven. I forgive you. What I'm saying is this. You don't have to pay because I'll pay. That's the way forgiveness always happens. Whenever you forgive somebody, you're saying, you don't have to pay. I don't require you to pay because I'll pay. That's what Jesus does on the cross, and that's what Peter had explained to those people, was that Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sin so that when God looks at you and says, you don't have to pay, he says it because Jesus paid, which is why 1 John 1.9 says what it does. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just not faithful and merciful to forgive us, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is just because he says you don't have to pay. It's already been paid for by Jesus. Now, listen to this. You could, if you clip my car and I said, uh, I forgive you, you could go home and say, I hit Joe, Pastor Joe's car. He forgave me, but I'm not, I don't know if, if, if he really did, so I'm going to save up money and hopefully if the bill comes, I'll still be able to pay. That means you didn't believe that I forgave you. What happened to these people on the inside is they believed that Jesus Christ had paid for their sins, and so they were forgiven. The fourth thing that happened is they received the Holy Spirit. God never forces His way into anyone's life. You invite Him in. That's why there's a verse in Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. So the fourth thing that happened to them is they received God into their life. They received the Holy Spirit inside of them. So those are the four things that happened on the inside. All right, but then one thing happened on the outside. But my my question is why? Because they're already saved. They already have forgiveness. They already have the Holy Spirit. Why get baptized? And the answer is this. This is my wedding band. Um, I love my wedding ring, but it doesn't make me married. I just took it off. It doesn't mean I'm unmarried. Uh, I wear my wedding band so that I can, so other people know something important about me. And what it tells other people is I belong to someone, and her name is Karen. The reason those people got baptized is they were telling this whole crowd of people, I belong to someone, and his name is Jesus. And those two things, what happened on the inside, what happened on the outside, lit a fuse that spread throughout them and then throughout the Roman Empire. 
All right, now, third question is, have both those somethings happened to you? Uh, I had a friend named Bob who was dying of cancer, and I was going to see him uh, because I was really concerned about him because I didn't know if, if he had really understood uh, who Jesus was, what he had done, uh, why he had done it, and what it could mean to him. All right, so I was going through it with him, and uh, we both knew that he was dying. And so finally, one day, I went through it like a checklist, and I went through it, and I said, Bob, do you believe this? Bob, do you believe this? All right, so that's what I'm going to do with you to make sure that whatever, that the something has happened on the inside of you, which is why you got a sheet on your way in that's like a, a checklist like this. So I want you to take that out, and we're going to go through it together. I want everybody to go through it because this is so important, and we don't do this very often. If you don't have one, there are ushers that are walking around that can give you one. So just raise your hand and get one, all right? And he's tall, raise your hand, get one, make sure everybody gets one. I want you to take a pen or a pencil, and then we're going to go through this, and you can check the boxes if it's true for you, all right? Everybody got one? All right. You see, the first box is conviction. Have you ever come to a place in your life where you recognize that being a good person will not be good enough to stand before a holy God? Have you ever recognized what God sees when he looks at you, that he sees you as flawed and broken and sinful? If you have seen yourself like that, if you've ever been convicted of your own sin, uh, then you can check that box. Or if you're convicted right now of your sin, you can check that box. Go ahead and check it. The second box is repentance. Have you ever come to a place in your life where you've told God, it's me, I'm guilty, I'm sorry? If you've ever come to a place in your life where you've said to God, it's me, I'm guilty, I'm sorry, and you don't make any excuses about what you have done or who you are, then check that box. Then you have repented. Third box is forgiveness. If you've ever come to a place where you have recognized and you believe that Jesus went to the cross to pay a price for you so that God could look at you and say, this one is forgiven because of what my son has done on the cross. If you have ever believed that, and you have to believe that Jesus died for you and forgives your sin, check that box. And the final box is important, though. This is the one my friend Bob would avoid all the time until we went through it like this checklist. Um, the last one is, have you ever received, have you ever asked God to come into your life? Have you ever say to God, God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me that, to pay for my sin. I want forgiveness through him. Would you come into my life and be my Lord, be my Savior? If you have ever opened up your heart to him and asked him to come in, you can check that box. Or if you've done it right now, as we've talked through it, you can check that box. All right. So if you have all four of those boxes checked, then what happened to these people in the book of Acts on the inside has happened to you. Now the next question is, has what happened in the outside happened to you? Have you ever been baptized as a believer? Now, what, when I say that, what I mean is this. The people in the book of Acts, they believed first. They understood who Jesus was, what he had done, why he had done it, and they received him, and then they were baptized. We call that believer's baptism as opposed to infant baptism. And this is where this is going to get 
fun today. We decided this was going to be our first ever weekend of spontaneous baptisms, where we were going to say to you, if, you have, if the four things that are supposed to happen to you on the inside have happened to you on the inside, but you have never been baptized as a believer and you would like to, today's your day. Today's your day. All right, and this is the way we've prepared for today. Uh, we have these baptism kits for everybody. There are uh, some for men, some for women. There are all kinds of sizes. Uh, you pick up a, you, if you want to be baptized today, you'll, when, when I pray, you'll go out, you'll grab one of these bags. Inside of these bags are uh, uh, undergarments, there's a t-shirt, there's shorts, there are flip-flops. We have tons of towels, we have blow dryers, we have combs, we have tents. Look at these tents that we have you changing in. They're like pods, right? We have 60 of those tents, 30 for men, 30 for women, that you will go into, change, come out, and be baptized. Now, this is why. This is why. Because uh, one of the things that we found out when we did this, uh, the next step assessment, uh, where like 14, 1,500 of you filled out that next step assessment, is that there are, out of those 1,400, 1,500 people, there were like 400 people that had not been baptized as a believer. And we wanted to give you this opportunity. And we wanted to do that because what happened on the inside was important in the book of Acts, but they took the time to do that thing on the outside so they could tell there's something that happens inside of you when you tell a bunch of people, I belong to someone, and his name is Jesus. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, when I close in prayer, if you want to be baptized as a believer and you never have, and you're at least the age of 12, then I want you to take your piece of paper and uh, you'll head out to the back, and there are all these signs that will tell you where to go, and somebody will be there to walk you through it. Uh, and then you'll, uh, we'll have the worship team come out. We'll be worshiping. You'll come up and be baptized right here over in East Hall. You'll be baptized up in front of East Hall. Okay? This is your day. Transformed 2018. The way you're transformed is that we decide to do things we have not done before so that God can do things in us he has not done before. All right? Let me pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we come to you, and uh, I pray for uh, every person here. I pray for uh, the people uh, who were not able to check all four boxes of what happens on the inside. I pray that even today they might come to know you, uh, to trust you for forgiveness, and to receive you as their Savior and Lord. I pray for those who've never taken the step to be baptized as a believer. I pray that this would be that day, and that would light a fuse in them that would begin a change uh, that would be radical and wonderful. Thank you for what you do in us and for us. We pray this in your blessed name. Amen.